Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of just being part of your creation. That's a gift in and of itself. We also thank you that in the midst of our brokenness and in our sin and our separation, you have given us a way to hear you, to hear your voice, and to be blessed. Lord, we come to you this morning, and in the next few moments of silence, we offer you our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would hear our prayers of confession, and that you, Lord, would give us a clean slate, that we might truly hear you and be blessed today. Hear our prayers of confession. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you that, again, whether we are devoted Christ followers or whether we are just people who are searching, that you hear repentant hearts, hearts that want change. So, Lord, we pray that you would take our sin, you would cast it as far as the east is from the west, and that this morning, maybe for the first time, we would hear your voice, hear your call in our lives, and feel the blessing of that connection. We thank you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all his people said, amen. Good news of the gospel is that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, not only to forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything, clean slates, that is the good news of the gospel. Amen. your breath in our lungs so we 
Let's pray to go. Lord, as Bucky has shared, one thing is common is that through the years we have sought to gather around your word. We have sought to proclaim your word. We have sought as pastors to share the truth of your word. We have sought as Sunday school teachers and as individuals and as VBS leaders and, and choir leaders and so many others to, to sing and to tell of your word. So Lord, as we Gather today, we pray that again, that your word would be proclaimed in all that we say and do here. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read Psalm 44, 1. Oh God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. Thanks be to God for his holy word. And we'll come back to that text and, and many more in just a minute. Well, a couple was celebrating their uh, 70th wedding anniversary, and though they had married quite young, uh, they were obviously into their 90s uh, at this point. Friends and family had come to celebrate and to wish them well, and, and one of the things that everyone acknowledged about this couple was their deep affection for one another. And in fact, it was noted that the husband was, was always uh, referring to his wife with uh, titles like sweetie and honey and darling and babe and so forth. Some of the children told their dad how much it had meant to, to them all those years that, that dad had used these terms of affection, these wonderful pet names. The man was a, a bit embarrassed by all the attention and, and he really didn't know what to say. Until finally he told the children, he said, well, you know, kids, to tell you the truth, I've called your mother by those names for so long that about 10 years ago, I forgot her real name. Memory's an interesting thing, isn't it? And names can be the hardest for some of us to recall. It's sad when our memory begins to fail us. And if we live long enough, all of us are going to struggle with it at some level or another. The, the, the truth is, sometimes you and I are just better at forgetting than we are remembering. Other times, we remember things, well, we wish we could forget. Maybe some tragedy of our past. 
Maybe there's some guilt we just can't let go of, or maybe it's just our misspent youth that keeps coming back to us. So sometimes we can't remember, but, but other times we can't forget, and Bucky's already alluded to, that we have to remember and forget. But today, on the 75th anniversary of our church, I think it's a day to remember. And piggybacking on what Bucky has already shared, I want to urge us to remember three things. What God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. What God has done, Psalm 44, 1, O God, we've heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us about your great deeds performed in the days of old. We're recalling today what God has done. And what God has done is to be very faithful to us through the years. Yes, this church has seen highs and lows, peaks and valleys. But through it all, God has raised up members who have served through it all, God has called pastors who have served. And far beyond his faithfulness here, we celebrate that God has always been faithful. He's always been faithful. He created the earth and all that is in it out of nothing, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. God created. He's breathed life into every creature. Psalm 104, verse 24. O Lord, how manifold are your works in wisdom. You've made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. He sustained his good creation all these years. Psalm 104, again, you cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for men to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth. And wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. He's redeemed us by the precious blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 7, In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. And I love the language there, folks. It's extravagant language. We've, we've been redeemed. We've been forgiven through Jesus' blood according to what? The riches of his grace. He's lavished those riches upon us. Oh, what God has done for us, beloved. He's also given us his full counsel and his holy word. The Bible, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's given us His Holy Spirit, John 14.16, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Oh, what God has done for us, beloved. And, I, and I've just scratched the surface, and Bucky's just scratched the surface, sharing some of the history of the church. Remember today, remember all that God has done for us. And let's also remember what God is doing now. 
What's he doing now? And make no mistake, God is still working. God is still doing. One of the problems today is that the deism is, a still, is still alive and well. And the great falsehood of deism is that God merely created the earth and he set it in motion with rules that govern it. And then God just backed away and he's letting it run. The classic deist description is that God is the clockmaker and the earth is the Lord's clock. And that God somehow created the clock and he just set it to ticking. And it just ticks along as God made it to tick. According to the deist, God is not very much involved these days. He's, he's not involved in our lives. No way, beloved, no way. That's not the God of the Bible. Psalm 104, again, speaking about all the creatures, says, beginning with verse 27, These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they're filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and they return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. Acts 17, 28 says it very succinctly. In him we live and move and have our being. The Bible over and over again, beloved, describes our God as one who is still working. Who is still breathing life into every creature. Who's still sustaining all things. Who's still redeeming people unto himself. Who's still teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness according to his word. Who's still filling us and inspiring us and guiding us by his Holy Spirit. So remember, church, God is not finished with us. God still has work for us to do. God's still sanctifying us. God is seeking to make us more like Him every day. God is transforming our lives and the lives of others around us. God is still reaching people with the gospel. And because God is still working, He's still got work for us to do. He's still working through our prayers. He's still drawing people to himself by our witness. He's still transforming our lives as together we worship and study and serve. You know, in 1947, this church may have predominantly worshiped using organs and hymns. Today, we've added guitars and drums and choruses. In 1947, a primary way to communicate to the community some announcement or maybe a pastor's devotion was the newspaper. Today we have Facebook and websites and podcasts. In 1947, big tent revivals and crusades were effective. Did you know, in fact, Billy Graham led his first crusade in September of 1947? Today, revivals and crusades still have their place, but witnessing tends to happen one-on-one -on -one when we share life with other people. You see, the methods may have changed, but God has not changed, and the gospel has not changed. God is still working, and where you and I will cooperate with God, God is still using His people. 
He's still using us. Certainly on this day, do not forget what God has done. But let's remember, please, what He is doing. And let's agree to participate in what He's doing. And then let's remember what God will do. Let's remember, beloved, that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Because of what the Father and the Son are doing and will do. Even now, Jesus is preparing a place for us. A passage many of you know well, John 14, beginning with the second verse. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And Revelation 21 describes that place as a new heaven and a new earth with a new Jerusalem. And he says in, in verses 3 and 4, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He'll dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That sounds like to me as if the best is yet to come. That the best is yet to come. Jesus describes this place with grand and beautiful language. He even says in verse 23, the city has no need for the sun or the moon. No need for it because the glory of God will be its light. And the lamp will be the lamb. It's a wonderful place. It's a beautiful place. He concludes Revelation 21 with these words, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Think about that. No more sin. No more evil. Nothing detestable ever again. Again, that sounds like to me that the best is yet to come. That is for those written in the Lamb's book of life. And how do we get our names written in the Lamb's book of life? Well, Jesus has already told us in John 14, verse 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember what God will do. The best is yet to come, but only for those who come to the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have not, I urge you to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the way and the truth and the life and your Lord and Savior. Nothing could be more wonderful today than for the 75th anniversary of this church to be the day of your new birth. Nothing could be more wonderful. If God is calling you today to give your life to Him, Please come grab me after the service. Grab an elder, grab Bucky. Let's, let's pray with you guys. We can eat the 75th anniversary food later on today. But you don't want to miss the great banquet the Lord's preparing for you even now. Don't miss it. 
Be grateful today for 75 years of ministry in and through Stewart Presbyterian Church. Grateful for all the men and women who have gone before us and those who serve now and those who are yet to come. But most of all, let's join together in deep and humble gratitude unto God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Remember what God has done. Remember what God is doing. And remember what God will do. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be all the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, there's no way to even summarize or, or to fully grasp all that you have done. For 75 years and beyond, you have provided for this church's ministry and witness. And you have provided for the church since its beginnings more than 2,000 years ago. And Lord, you've redeemed us in Jesus. You've created us and sustained us since the beginning of time as we know it. Oh Lord, so many, many things you have done and, and we praise you. And so much you're doing now, Lord. We, we praise you for continuing to minister to us and through us here in this church. We ask that you would continue to use us to be your servants in the body of Christ and in this community and in the state and the nation and the world. We also praise you, Lord, for the place you're preparing for us. And we rejoice that one day you will take us to be where you are. So we pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come and establish your kingdom, your new heaven and your new earth and new Jerusalem. And to you alone be all glory this day and forevermore. Amen. I wonder it's so aimless my life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw.
Stop.